Good morning. Good to see you again. It's much, uh, I can see much, uh, much more people than I thought. Because there was a little snow, and I, I was even wondering if, it, if we could have a worse service this morning. I can think about, uh, and I can think about the, uh, the small hill when you come to the uh, four-way intersection up there. I was wondering if my car can make it. But <laughs> uh, it made it this morning, so I'm glad to be here. So would you join me to uh, welcome the living presence of God with Psalm 118, verse. Does anybody remember what verse? 24, right? Okay, Psalm 118, verse 24. We welcome the living presence of God all together. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's good to have you this morning to worship God together. And we have a, a very few uh, announcements to share with you. We continue to uh, encourage uh, everyone to uh, continue their faithful giving to uh, for the church to continue the ministry that Jesus has studied in this place. We thank you so much for your contribution. If you have any uh, prayer request or something you want to celebrate about your family events or something else, uh, I appreciate that you provided me with that so I can share that information with others through a voice bulletin uh, available online. And also, I can share that uh, during the worst time. We continue to uh, have online uh, devotional reflection at some, uh, on Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. It's not too late if you, uh, if you want to join, uh, you can do that. And also, uh, <clears throat> as you know, uh, sooner or later we'll uh, come into uh, the election season of 40 days. I assume that most of you, if not everyone, know what the Lent is. So we'll uh, provide more information about that next Sunday. So if you, uh, if you want to join our congregational daily Bible reading, I'd love to uh, encourage you to join that. I really hope to see uh, this one, uh, the sword. It's kind of a turning point all together. So we're going to read uh, multiple books from the Bible. And if possible, we'll try to uh, have a special time during the Holy Weeks. Uh, discussing what you have read. And if you have any questions, you can bring your questions to that uh, gathering, either online or in person. Gathering, I'm not sure yet. We'll find out as, as we approach that time. And sometime uh, early next month, I plan to have a in-depth Bible study. Uh, this can be a good opportunity for you if you're interested in learning something deeper and wider and build up some total understanding for your own benefit. So I think uh, 
this will help you. And also, uh, there is some uh, request from ushers. At the end of the service, we'd like to ask you to stay where you are. Do not move. Uh, ushers are willing to help you dismiss in a in an orderly yet uh, safer way. So you stay there, and ushers will come near you and guide you to for you to go home. So this is for everybody. So let us uh, try to cooperate with uh, what they what they try to do for safety. Any other particular uh, announcement? Good to see you. Anything? Uh, share something good. When you have time and opportunity, people suddenly remain quiet and otherwise they talk. Anything? Just one thing, anything. We love to hear your celebrations. Now, uh, if you have a, just a curious, because I like to uh, help everybody get connected more and better. How many of you are, uh, since my appointment to Hillside Church, I've been uh, trying to reach out to people diligently, uh, making phone calls and sending emails, or sometimes uh, make a personal uh, visits. So, based on what I have in the church directory. So I wonder, how many of you have you have you not received from me either phone calls or emails? Is anybody who has never received any phone call or email from me? Anybody? Everybody has received something from me? We are all connected? Really? Okay, the reason I'm asking you this one is that uh, every now and then I send some, some email or making phone call, but the uh, phone call, the phone number did not work, and uh, email has uh, email, uh, become, but now it's a little less and less and less because uh, I kept making efforts to find uh, any updated information. So if somebody has not received anything like email or phone call, anything, it means that I don't have that person's phone number, update the phone number, or email address. So if you know somebody who says, oh, I never received any, anything from the past, then you are uh, asked to provide their updated information for me so I can get connected. Anything else? Second chance. No one? Uh, please say something. Okay. Uh, we have Linda Chesson.
Could you join me uh, for renewal of our gathering in unison uh, in one voice? We uh, put our hearts together and express our our passion to uh, to be to stay united as one. So you have uh, what we are going to do on the screen. So do you join me? Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. The depths of the earth and the heights of the mountains are in his left hand. His hand made the sea and formed the dry land. God calls us, and we renew our gathering to worship in spirit and truth. Amen. And now we, are, we have our praise band. They will sing here line to worship. It's not just their, their own singing, but it is also congregational singing. So I invite you to join them singing together as one body. Here I am to worship you. 
How often do we pray prayers that are really safe and secure because we're not really sure that we can trust him to do what we ask him to do? And so I just encourage you right now, just pour it out. Just give him your heart. Just say it, even if it sounds really ugly. Just say it to him and then watch what he will do. So we'll take a couple of minutes of silent prayer and then we'll come together and I will pray over us and we'll close with the Lord's prayer. Father God, you are all-powerful, you are mighty, you are El Shaddai. You can part waters, you can crumble mountains, you can send fire down. Yet in all that power and might, you are awesome, you're also good, and you are kind, and you are compassionate. And so we know, Father, that you hear our prayers today. We know that you catch our tears. We know that you hold our hearts. So we give them to you. We give them to you now, God. You've heard our needs. You've heard our cries for help. We give you all the pain and we give you all the fear and we give you all the worry that we hold inside. God, we give you right now our concerns for physical health, both our own physical health and those we know who are suffering. God, we lift to you those we know who are battling cancer today. We lift to you those we know who are dealing with autoimmune disease. Those we know who are facing surgeries and procedures where the outcomes are uncertain. God, we continue to pray for those dealing with COVID-19 and all of the effects of that. pray, God, for just the natural effects of aging. We pray for the effects of our own abuse on our bodies, and we just pray that we might be convicted of what these bodies are for, that they are meant to bring you glory, they are meant to be your temple. And so, God, help us submit them to you in that way. We give you our concerns for mental and emotional health, God. We pray for those who are fighting loneliness. We know that these days are hard, the temperatures are cold, and there are so many things that separate us from one another physically. Help us to find ways to combat that. Make paths for us, God. We pray for those who are dealing with anxiety and depression. We pray for those who are battling addictions. And we just ask that you teach us, God, to keep our minds focused on you, focused on the truth of your word and who you are and Lord, give us courage to seek help from those who are trained to do so. May we always be watchful 
for your guidance and your goodness, God. And Father, help us to surrender to you today, to trust that you really do care, that you truly are a God of compassion, even when we don't feel heard. May we know your presence, may we recognize your voice in the midst of the everyday. We love you, Lord. We thank you that you are who you say you are and you do what you say you do. Be near us and hear these words as we lift together with one voice as the body of Christ. The prayer that your son taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Bigger than all my fears, God is bigger than any mountain that I 
Bible scripture this morning comes from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. So if you've ever been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. I'm reading from verses 5 through 11. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Word of God, the people of God. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for this opportunity to listen to your words of life. This is a, another opportunity for us to gather together as one body, as well as individual worshipers to worship and listen to your words. So help us. Open our hearts and minds and fill our hearts with this spirit as we listen. Uh, thank you so much for the message you will give us today. Be with us and guide us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. God is good. All the time. All the time. Somebody said the last after uh, after worship service last Sunday. Saying that uh, uh, that person uh, liked my smile. <laughs> Are you one of those people who talk? Okay. Do you want to keep that way? Do you want to keep that way? You know, everything people say, everything kind of emotion, everything kind of, that is a uh, mutual, right? So, if you keep your smiles, I can do that. This is another opportunity to show, to demonstrate that we are united in Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I really encourage you to do that. Nothing will happen automatically. I, I will show you everything in the world does not happen automatically. Something needs to be done before something you want can happen. Even faith in Christ. 
Because Jesus died for us, so you can have a new life. So Jesus did that to make a new good thing happen to, uh, to, to you. So just like that, we try to rejoice with one another. Uh, you remember what you heard uh, from last Sunday? We worship as our response to God. And what you hear is kind of in uh, relation to what you heard and in relation to what you bring into the season of Lent. Then when Lent comes, we actually take some action to renew our relationship with God. So, I chose the scripture from Colossians. This is actually an example of a new life in Christ. To go to death, we go through 40 days of Lent and thinking about what will be our destination at the end of the season. So, does it make sense why we listen to this scripture today? If you don't know the answer, just not, please. Just not. What's mine? So that would be great. So, seek the things that are above. What does that mean to you? That's the sermon title for today. But what does that mean to you? Your personal life. Wherever you are, wherever you go, you will have an enemy. One enemy or two enemies or a legion of enemies. As you can find in the Bible, a legion of enemies, a legion of uh, evil spirits. Right? So, as you, as your enemies surrounding you with the hardships, temptations, or plausible arguments, you feel discouraged, you feel helpless, you feel surrounded by all your enemies, even in that situation, even at that moment, there is a way. You can make a difference. Look up there. Seek the things that are above. Even though you are surrounded by your enemies, you can always look to God. Amen. Amen. There was a debate among three people. A priest, a minister and a Hindu group. They sat and discussed the best posture for prayer while a telephone repairman walked nearby. The priest said, kneeling is definitely the best way to pray. Then the minister said, no. I get the best results of standing with my hands outstretched to heaven. That's the best posture for prayer. Then the Hindu guru said, You are both wrong. The most effective prayer posture is lying down on the floor. So they were, they were debating. 
they were debating that like that. Then the retail man could not contain himself any longer. So he interrupted saying, Hey fellas, the best thing I ever did was when I was hanging upside down from a telephone post. <laughs> try, try this. What do you see? What do you see? If you're willing, take that as a daily reminder. When you feel that you are surrounded by all your enemies with hardships, temptations, and even plausible arguments trying to take you away from Jesus Christ. It's, it happens in reality, isn't it? It happens one way or another. It happens sometimes you may not notice until somebody tells you, hey, you need to get away from that. It's not good for you. Or stand up, stay strong. Something like that. What's happening to the believers in Colossae? Colossae was located in uh, southwest of Asia Minor, modern Turkey. Close to one of the seven churches you can find in the book of Revelation. You remember the seven churches in Revelation chapter 2? The Colossians were located about uh, hundred miles east of Ephesus and Colossae and whole Asia Minor. So the epistle to the Colossians was written to your, the believers of church in Colossae. So it will help you if you understand the background setting. You may probably you may have remembered that this was written by Paul, the Apostle Paul. If you put yourself in his context, life context, to the to the end of his life on this earth. Paul was in prison declaring the mystery of Jesus Christ to Gentiles. In prison, Paul thought, of, uh, thought about his fellow believers in Colossae. He was thinking a lot about his fellow believers who were surrounded by many enemies in their lives. Even after they were they received Jesus Christ as their Lord. So put yourself in this place. You have done great works traveling around. You met people and and preached the gospel. And then sometime later you are imprisoned. You're sitting in a prison cell and hearing that they were tempted, they are tempted by endeavors. So enemies, what would you do? Just like your children. You have taught good things to your children, but as the children were growing and they outside and hang around with not, uh, not, not good people, 
And what would you fear? What would you do? You try to do something, right? To remind what you remind uh, reminding your children of what you taught. Just like that. So put yourself in a prison cell, thinking about the believers in classy who were attacked or tempted by enemies. He even claimed that he rejoiced in his suffering for their sake, having heard of their faith in Jesus and of their love for their other saints in other regions. Suddenly, false teachers were active there, keeping believers away from Jesus Christ. Is that something that is happening today in our life? Here and there. If you are really uh, watching carefully what, what's happening around the world, what's happening across the country, what's happening in this state, what's happening in our county, probably you will say, yeah, that is happening right now when I believe. What does the Bible say about false teachers in Colombia? In Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. The first teachers relied on human knowledge rather than the knowledge of God. When you find the word knowledge in Colossians, you understand that it refers to the knowledge of God. Knowing God, knowing God's heart, knowing God's will, knowing the way of God for your life. They deceived believers with plausible arguments, and by doing so, they challenged and undermined the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Paul claimed Jesus as the image of the invisible God. Meaning that when you see Jesus, you see God. In that sense, the way Paul said is kind of similar to the way John, the apostle, who wrote the Gospel of John. When you see Jesus, you see God. You remember John 14, 6? Jesus said, I am the truth and the life and the way to the Father. So, Paul was concerned that the believers in Colossae were tempted by their enemies, false teachers, because they put human tradition above the image of the invisible God. Chapter 2, verse 8. The false teachers had put human regulations, traditions, and philosophy above Jesus. According to verse 16, they condemned Christian believers in matters of food and drink, in matters of absorbing Christian festivals, new moons, or Sabbaths. Accusing the practical implications of these activities, 
which only for Jesus, but will become yet with the substance belonging to Jesus Christ. Due to some, we have some uh, Christian uh, events, and we don't do that literally. We, while we are doing that, we remind ourselves of its meaning, right? Something like that. But the first teachers ignored that real meaning, implications, even, even though the real substance belongs to Jesus Christ. So they are trying to shape the fundamental understanding of Christian festivals. And also they did not hold on to Jesus, the head of the church. They denied, the first teachers denied that the whole body of the church would be nourished and held together, held together in Jesus by its connections for its growth. They would take the believers captive, promoting the elemental spirits of the universe. First, chapter 2, verse 23. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-imposed piety, humility, and severe treatment of the body, but they are of no value in checking self-indulgence. They are looking for their own satisfaction imposing what they think, rather than the words of Jesus Christ. The whole, things, the whole thing was messed up in Colossae, and you had been there with the love and care for those people who might hear your word, the message you deliver about Jesus Christ, and then later on you begin to hear something wrong from the believers in Colossae. So all these happenings were added to a spiritual crisis to the beliefs in Colossae. I don't see any difference between what was happening in Colossae and what is happening today where we live. Do you see difference? I don't see much difference. The only difference is today we have more technology than 2,000 years ago. Other than human mindset, mentality, not different. This situation is not new to us today where we live. It comes our way as a, a spiritual crisis. If you are really awakened in terms of spiritual awareness, you understand what the Bible says. And if you have experienced something like that, in the past, you really feel the negative impacts on your life. How do you uphold your faith in Jesus and worship God and worship as a response to God? How do you do that in that kind of a situation? Well, your enemies keep surrounding you with temptations, hardships, even plausible arguments with something sounding great to your ears. How do you respond to uphold your faith in Jesus and worship God, fighting against the plausible, deceptive words in that crisis? 
If you really old spiritually, you can see this spiritual battle everywhere, every moment. If you listen to the TV news or radio news, you can see that. On the one hand, it looks good, the human eyes. On the other hand, it may not go to spiritual eyes. So we can learn something from the Bible and our response to God. In response to the spiritual crisis that was happening in Colossae, Paul claimed that he had made the word of God known to all people. He upheld the supremacy of Jesus over false teachings, encouraging believers to hold on to their faith in God's power. So what is the supremacy of Jesus Christ in, in this epistle to the Colossians? What is that? This is a very fundamental, even today, the same fundamental truth applies to our lives. For example, Paul claimed in this letter, said that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Do you believe that? Have you heard that? Same message that was spoken 2,000 years ago to Gentiles, just like us. In Colossae, same message we are hearing today. Why? Because the reality is not different from the reality of Colossae. So we are we live in the same situation. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So in Jesus, the fullness of God is available. So when we see Jesus, when we walk with Jesus, it means that we are walking with God. It means that we are talking to God. It means that we are receiving something from God. Another one is that Jesus is the head of the church. Okay. We call this is the church, right? So who is the head of this church? Who is the head of the, this church? Some nice man, some nice person may say, oh, Pastor Paul. No. That's wrong answer. If you rely on, on some human being, one day, one, one day or another, sometime later, you will get in trouble. Your mind will be swayed. The head of the church is Jesus Christ. So all members of the body are to be connected and belong to one another in Jesus. Suppose you're close to somebody, you like somebody, if you just keep that way, just trust that way, then you will be in trouble sometimes. You'll find yourself in trouble. When you see somebody, when you feel that you like somebody, always see through who? Jesus Christ. Then your connection will be will be sturdy, will be standing above all human plausible arguments. Another one, Jesus is the beginning of all things. Jesus is the beginning of all things. So why? All things were created in him, through him, and for him. Same phrase. In him. Through him and form, you can find in Romans chapter 11, 12. Same thing. So, in Paul's mindset, it is all about Jesus Christ. 
you see the fellow believers through Jesus. You talk to your neighbors through Jesus Christ. Another one, Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. So, what does that mean? It means that we are to give him the first place. What does this mean? What does this mean? The symbol of this, what is the symbolic meaning of thumb up? Best? Horse? Not just great, first, best. We give the best, the first place to Jesus Christ. So let me ask you a very practical question. What is the, the current status of your life as a chosen one? You responded to something you experienced in your heart in the past. So you came to worship God. In other words, you called, you called, each of you was called out of the world. In other words, you were chosen. If you believe that, give me a smile. I smile, I smile to you. That means I believe that I was chosen. It doesn't matter whether you believe or not. That's I believe. Likewise, as you believe, that you were chosen. Hold on to that. Hold on to your confession that God has chosen you. Amen. So, turn to chapter 3, verse 1. Paul said this one from his heart, sitting in a prison cell, toward his beloved fellow believers in Colossae. He knew that the end of his life is about to come. But even at the time, he knew that there's something he could do. Remind, remind his fellow believers of their head, Jesus Christ. Verse 1, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Even though you are surrounded by so many attacks, plausible uh, human arguments, Hardships. Of course, they were poor. Nonetheless, even in that situation, there is a way you can continue your life. Seek the things above. When you look up to heaven, symbolically, you are looking at the way, the only way you can stand above all hardships, temptations. All human plausible arguments. Seek the things that are above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. All your in his letter, Paul said that they were buried with Jesus Christ. In their baptism. You remember your baptism? Right? I don't know when you were baptized, but I'm sure you remember the moment when you were baptized, and I'm sure you remember. The feeling you had in your baptism, right? Okay, let me just try to wake you up. If you remember that, say Amen! Amen. <coughs> your voice is much smaller than my voice. I remember my baptism 10 years ago with my wife. 
I'm sure you remember that moment. And think about and reflect on its meaning for your life, even today. Likewise, they were raised with Jesus and became new in Him. Therefore, they should live in a new way, based on His world of life, seeking the things that are above. So think about your baptism. Was your old self buried in baptism? You know your answer. Were you given a new life? You know the, you know the answer. Does it mean that you have lived that new life according to His word? You know the answer for yourself, right? The new life, the new life starts this way. Verse 2. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. We repeat the same thing. Even though we feel that we are surrounded by so many enemies, hardships, plausible human arguments, temptations, but we always have the only way to continue our life with victory looking on to God. You have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. What does that mean to you for your personal life? Let me read this one again, verse 3. You have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. What does that mean, being hidden with Christ in God? What do you see? I I wonder if I uh, if I'm a dad. What what do you see? What do you see? What do you see? Really? Thank you for saying that because you don't see me. You see only the Christ, right? It, it means that my life is hidden in the cross. Amen! You want to do that for yourself? Would you join me? Just come on. You can stay there. I love your response when you said the cross. You see the cross, not me. You see the cross. So, so put yourself in my place, standing behind the cross. And you ask the same question to, to the congregation. What do you see? Then you may hear the cross. That's what you need. That's what you need to hear every single day in your reality. Nothing else but the cross. That is the best and only way to win the victory, final victory. So. You see the cross. So my life is hidden behind the cross. So my life is to be seen through Jesus. My life is within him. It means that Jesus is my life. Even though my wife is doing this one cut the sermon short. But 
We need to understand this one. I made a design about 34, 32 years ago. And uh, whenever we moved, this is the first thing I put in my car. So I carry this one. Uh, so this is a daily reminder for me. Like Hawaii, you can you pick up something as your daily reminder for the final victory. So think about a life after your baptism. Your life is hidden or has been hidden behind the cross. In that new life, you think through Jesus, you talk through Jesus, and you act through Jesus. You no longer carry the old self. People no longer see your old self. So whenever you walk in your mind, talk to yourself, I am carrying the cross in front of me. People, I want people to see this cross, not me. I want people here through this cross, not through mouth. I want to, I want people to walk me, not with me, with the cross. How does that sound to you? Is it hopeful? Are you... I'm so excited. <laughs> I want you to experience that as you walk every day, thinking through the cross, talking through the cross, and feeling through the cross. Paul also gave some uh, realistic uh, practices of what to do to live this way, verse 6, verse six and verse 9. I let you read at home. So, my concluding question for you, for everybody, what will be the future status of your life? What will be the future status of your life? When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. This is a very uh, monumental moment in Pauline Epistles. He added very important and also uh, very hopeful statement. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed in the future, then you also will be revealed within Him in glory. In glory, you will be seen in a glorious place. Not only that at the time, but also even today, as you are seen through the cross. Jesus is your life, and your life is hidden Christ. The Christ, He will, He will reveal your life fully and completely. So your future is hopeful in Him. Being raised with Christ, you are given an apocalyptic life available now, and yet constantly moving toward to complete at the time. So even though our body is at present, but our ultimate destination is in the future, in glory with Jesus Christ. As you see the things above, even when you are, when you feel surrounded by all kinds of enemies, hardships, temptations, and all plausible 
onwards, you will stand above all those things that you hold on to your confession to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we give thanks to you for the message you have given us. We are encouraged. We are strengthened by your words for eternal life. Help us stand firm. Help us seek the things that are above because our lives are hidden behind the cross. Our life, our life is hidden in Christ. So we want people to see the cross, not us. We want people to hear the words from the cross, not from our mouth. We know that's the best way to deal with what is happening in our realities. We know our ultimate destiny as time comes. Thank you so much for your words, for our time together. And one body. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
That's your goal. That's our goal. How we can manage 2021, even in this pandemic. So I really encourage you to stay hopeful, stay connected. And every now and then I, uh, I posted some uh, information on the uh, our website where we had online service and also some other information on Facebook. But so try to get yourself connected with the others. And if you have any information, uh, you can forward that to me and I can share with other people. So how many of you received an email uh, from me uh, last night? If you have not checked, you could check. So, so most of you have received an email once, at least once a week for the service. So I, I just want to check the, if we are connected in that way too. So thank you so much for being here today. We've got together. This is a, uh, my joy and my appreciation for your presence uh, working together. So now go in peace. The grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all today and always. Amen. Amen.